Women should not have to work. A woman should receive money. Many young men are now afraid to get married because they are simply not sure they can provide for a woman. One must not confuse detachment with indifference. At the end of the day, a person in a state of detachment does not need to work or have money mostly because one is not attached to the state of being detached, among other things. I feel happy for the people whose lives are changed for the better. It's the only thing that keeps me going. If it were not for this, do you really think I would be working? I would have been in the Himalayas for a long time now. How does one achieve fulfillment through work? I'm a psychologist. Let's agree that right now we are not talking about the ego that wants lots of money and is excited about doing things. For instance, the ego may want to sell things, to go to the United Emirates, bring things back and sell them. One may certainly do it, and then keep doing it in order to make money. Which brings us to the question, why does she need all this money? Or he, it doesn't matter. What for? What are they going to do with this money? Do they know how they are going to use it? Why do most people work? To earn money. Why do we need money? To buy things, food, etc. Which makes it a full circle. We spend all our lives working to earn money and then we spend it. And we have to continue to work. This is the way it works. As a psychologist, you help your patients. Please note that I said patients, not clients. You direct them towards choosing an occupation that they would love, according to their inclinations, right? But they tell you that they know that there is the right approach to this. Not all of them, but most of them. You have just said that women should not have to work. And they are right. A woman should receive money. You'll find it stated in the Vedic injunctions. In other words, a woman must have a man who provides for her. But in our reality, we don't see it. Many young men are now afraid to get married because they are simply not sure they can provide for a woman or a family. It's easier for them to remain single. However, it is in the nature of the woman to be married. So what should they do? This is where you should be helping them. I'm not trying to minimize your professional worth here. What I am saying is that we are dealing with a situation that has changed quite a bit. Look at Khadija, she works too. But she works in the spiritual field. She had a great opportunity to take a job at a big hospital and work as a doctor, and a good doctor, back in the day. But we decided together that she was not going to take a job outside of the home, and all these years she has technically stayed at home, even though she has probably worked more than that other one who… We have people, all these people, and there is so much to be done. It has been a while since we have lived our own personal life. Even when we are just sitting down in our own kitchen, there are people in the home going back and forth. Khadija says to me, listen, is this our home or someone else's? So what should we say? What should we do? Should I think that this isn't the place where I should be working? But I do enjoy what I'm doing. What keeps me going is good results. I feel happy for the people whose lives are changed for the better. It's the only thing that keeps me going. If it were not for this, do you really think I would be working? I would have been in the Himalayas for a long time now. In terms of psychology, one can say that I exist in contradiction, in duality, right? On the one hand, I do not want to do it. 
It would seem that I have come up with contrived reasons to convince myself that I am helping someone, which is also questionable. Accordingly, I rejoice when someone, maybe one or two people out of a hundred thousand, rejoices. Let us say for argument's sake that I want to be in a cave in the Himalayas. Actually, I don't. It makes no difference to me where I am. That Himalayan cave is within me. Still, let's say I'd like to go to a resort. Who wants to work in the summer? It would be so nice to be at the seaside. Once you are there, you look around. No incentive to do anything either. And so it is with everything in the world. When people come to you, these women, they are right. When they say, we don't want to work. Ask any person whether they want to work or not. No one does. Everyone wants to do something they are interested in. Children draw, they do not work, but they do it with great enthusiasm. Now this is real work. When a person, a child, is genuinely, wholeheartedly absorbed in doing something, it is actually the best kind of work. When you practice heartfelt meditation, it is also the best kind of work, even if you do not achieve any results, but you do it sincerely. The father of my two sons is absent from their life. What should I do to compensate for it? The grown-up son must compensate for the absent father, provide for the younger one, and so on. The elder son, the one who is already working, must help his parents, his elderly parents. They should not have to work. They may work if they want to, but they should not have to. It is the son's responsibility, or the daughter's if need be. This is when the daughter may have to work out of necessity. If there is no father, no provider, then it would have to be one of the older children. A student? There are many cases when students combine their studies with working. I did it in my time, since I had to help my parents back then. You may do it as a mother, no question. But in my opinion, it is not the way to go. Now, of course, you should prepare food for them, no objections there. But if what we see is that you have taken on all the responsibility, look, you are asking this question now because you understand that it is wrong. That's why you are asking the question. They are not earning anything, apology. That's another issue. First, you have to determine if you want to change it or not. How you do it is another question. It is something you have to decide for yourself. When you do that, your blood pressure will normalize as well, because you have taken on the heavy load of responsibilities that are not yours to bear. Deep down, you resent it. It causes tension. Plus, there is your spiritual practice, as well as many other things to do. At the end of the day, sometimes you want to relax, go out, and have fun with your girlfriends. And it does not happen. This builds up over the years. By the way, I have not had a vacation for a long time either. Not recently. I do not remember when. One way to go is to compensate it by accepting it as your spiritual practice. Then you will not be asking this question. Or if the question remains, you should not wait to act and say, okay lads, that's it. From now on I want to have some rest. It is time for me to do it. The Vedas teach us that at your age, forgive me, you should not be busy providing for others. You should be dedicating your time to your spiritual practice, taking care of your soul, in order to live a long life and connect with God, which is exactly what you are doing right now. What does it mean to achieve detachment, be unattached? How do we tell if detachment is true and real? The concept of detachment presupposes a detached attitude to money and the work of earning it. At the end of the day, a person in a state of detachment does not need to work or have money. Still, if they wish to combine these two aspects of life, 
They have to learn how to detach from the very concept of detachment. Only when a person is detached from the very attachment to being detached, from their attachment to freedom, they achieve true freedom and the truly unattached state. When one is detached, one does not have a problem doing things, mostly because one is not attached to the state of being detached, among other things. When a person has free will, and his free will dictates what they must do, meaning that God is directly communicating to them what they must do. Being detached helps them fulfill that purpose without being distracted by other circumstances or attachments in their life, even if those exist. Consider what it means, in general terms, for a human being to be detached. Let us say a person practices yoga, has achieved some level of detachment, but is not yet aware of God's will in the way I have just described. This person must learn to fulfill their duty. The idea of detachment does not imply indifference toward everything. The idea of detachment means being indifferent to or not caring about things that make one regress or break the commandments that hinder a person's ability to evolve. These are the things from which an individual must be detached. As for things that are good and constructive, such as devotion, helping your parents and friends, and first and foremost taking care of yourself in order to better yourself, being detached helps a person step back from what stands in their way and take action to continue on their path of development. One must not confuse detachment with indifference. These are two different concepts. Indifference is an egotistical emotion, meaning that one does not care at all whether others exist or not, does not really care about anything. The only thing such a person cares about is their own beloved self, their own ego. They are indifferent to everything else. When a person finds themselves depressed, this is exactly the time, the right moment when they have a chance to lift themselves up, if they have the right attitude. As a result, a sensation of being detached from their depression sets in, and they rise above it. It is connected to a higher idea and being detached from achieving the higher idea, but also being detached from doing or not doing things that are in the way of achieving it. That is, detachment works on all levels at once. Here it is very important to differentiate the ways a person can use their mind. The mind keeps telling them, you have achieved detachment, why would you need this? I have met people who have read Nisargadatta Maharaj. He tells us that everything is already there, there is no reason to do anything. Everything is God and everything is Advaita, so it is pointless to do anything. He speaks from his level of consciousness as someone who has already achieved enlightenment. And those guys, who think that they too are enlightened because they have read his book, begin to repeat his words and end up trapped by their own egos. Their egos tell them, what is the point of doing anything? I am already there. To which I say, yes, I can see that you are there. 
At every level of development of consciousness or of awakening of one's consciousness, there is a small element of detachment. At first, it is egotistical. For instance, a person may feel that they are detached from the society, but they are also completely focused on themselves, they think and take care only of themselves. There is some detachment here, but it is of a foolish, egotistical kind. Spiritual detachment is different. It means that you are detached from your affections, from your egos, your reactions and habits, and you devote yourself completely to helping the world. Sometimes this is called a sacrifice, a spiritual sacrifice. When someone dedicates themselves to the world and forgets their own self, detachment is present. However, there is a different idea behind this. Everything depends on the idea. I have advanced technically, but I cannot feel it yet. Those of you who have not attended our seminars, if you think you are having a hard time advancing, do not rush to any conclusions. Those of you who have attended the seminars and have maintained a practice for a long time, all the more so, do not rush to conclusions. Every time you draw a conclusion, you stop. When you maintain a practice and also make conclusions, you are engaging your mind, its reactions, your ego. All of those take you farther away from true knowledge. Every thought that has the ability to make you sad, and it originates either in the outside world or in your inner unconscious, the ego, could also stand in the way of your progress.